Hey everyone, it's Angelica from A Little Bit of Everything With Me podcast, and you're listening to Mark the Shark MMA Show. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to www.audibletrial.com slash MMA show and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash MMA show. Hi everyone, I am your host, Mark Ritoro, and welcome to the Mark the Shark MMA Show, where every week we talk about the wonderful sport of, of mixed martial arts. Today we will review both the most recent and upcoming events and MMA news. Each episode, the format may be changed, but you will always be entertained. There will be interviews with special guests, along with special insights on the sport from our guest host. We'll also give our picks as to who we think will win the next uh, UFC main event. Remember to keep listening to the show because at the end of the show, we will show you, the listeners, how to win a special prize each week. Also, make sure to follow us on Facebook for news and latest updates for future episodes. Also, we appreciate any donations from our listeners to keep this podcast up and running. You can make a donation by going to anchor.fm slash show, And that's Mark spelled with a C and not a K. Also, we'll be looking for guests to appear on our show along with people who want to act as a sponsor and promote their product and brand. For more information, just contact me on the Mark the Shark MMA Show Facebook page. Also, as a plug-in, if you're looking for a good action thriller novel to read, check out the book called The Cabal. The cycle begins. You can find it on both the Amazon and Barnes & Noble website. It's also available in Kindle format, paperback, and audio book format. If you're looking for a good book for your kid to read, Check out the books written by a young girl by the name of Christina Ritorio. She has two books out on the market, both on the Amazon and Barnes & Noble website. Her books are called I Am a Survivor and Invisible Girl. As of now, only The Invisible Girl is available in audiobook format on both on iTunes, Amazon, and Audible. Okay, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Keep on listening. We'll begin shortly after this break. guys we're back to the show uh, first I want to talk about the <clears throat> UFC fight that just took place this past weekend between Rafael Dos Anjos and Kevin Lee pretty much all our, all my picks came true uh, Rafael won his fight um, he won by submission and then you had uh, Ian Henschek defeating Antonio Carlos Jr. Uh, and Charles Oliveira defeating Nick Lentz uh, for the third time in a row, and Davy Ramos winning. Uh, Austin Hubbard dominated. Who dominated? Uh, he dominated him on the ground. 
They had Charles Oliveira pretty much died and uh, Nick Lentz and then he TKO'd him with punches. But in my opinion, fight of the night goes to the prelim card. Uh, fighter by the name of Michael Piera who defeated Danny Roberts. The guy KO'd him with a flying knee. Kind of reminds me of the Showcase Pettis fighter. Um, I mean, the guy was just amazing. He did a cartwheel kick. And then right there in the end, he just did a flying knee. And then followed up with a punch and knocked the guy out. Um, never heard of seeing this guy fight before. So at least got 31 fights. Um, 22 of those by wins and only 9 losses. And supposedly a lot of his fights were won in the first round. And then uh, we got a special honorable mention going to Ed Herman. who defeated Patrick Cummings by a KO. Um, and the next... There is no fight that's coming up this weekend. The one fight I am looking for, forward to what you're talking about. I don't know what UFC part it is. It's between um, Donald Cerrone and Tony Ferguson. Um, we're looking forward to that match. Um, <laughs> those guys have got great stand-up, and they both know how to submit, so it should be a really good fight. Um, Ferguson is a little younger, so he might have a little edge. And then this coming Thursday, May 23rd, they got the EFL. Um, of course, this is going to air after that, so I won't be able to uh, get the results of the week after the next episode. But on this, uh, and the news in the PFL is that the uh, heavyweight professional, uh, heavyweight uh, champion, is going to be out this uh, season. He's got an injury. Um, there's no disclosure as to why, what the, I mean, what the injury was. Um, but there's a person that they're predicting that may win in, which is Felipe Lins, but that may, remains to be seen. Um, again, they'll be fighting for the million-dollar grand prize. Whoever wins the belt wins a million dollars. And then in the uh, upcoming bout, it's coming this coming uh, Thursday, which is tomorrow. Um, it's pretty much the all one fifty-five pound men's division. And we have a particular person on there, Ramsey Najim, who used to fight on the uh, Ultimate Fighter and in the UFC. Uh, he's got 17 fights, 10 wins and 7 losses. I think he should be... Uh, I'm predicting that he may be, I mean, that window thing, but I think he'll make the definitely the finals or the semifinals, at least, because um, he's got a lot of experience in the UFC, and I think, obviously, the UFC's got more higher caliber of fighters. Um, and also the news, it looks like Jessica Andres is looking, He's she's willing to give Rose Namunas an immediate rematch. And then we got Dustin Port. Poirier fighting uh, Habib in Abu Dhabi in UFC 242. That should be interesting. I don't think he's going to be able to handle the wrestling of Habib. But uh, we'll see what happens. And then uh, Sage Northcutt. I don't know if you remember him. He was also in the UFC. He got knocked out bad in the previous uh, one championships in under 30 seconds. And as a result of uh, his loss, he had undergo uh, surgery on his face. He had 30 pieces of bone fragments removed from his face. 
Um, he lost to a gentleman by the name of Cosmo Alexander. Um, and again, he got knocked down in under 30 seconds um, from one single final blow. And getting back to the PFL, I don't know if you guys are following it, but as I said, they got an unusual uh, rule set where they have a regular season, just like normal sports. They have a regular season, then they have the playoffs, and they have the finals. And the winners becomes a champion, you know, world champion, and then they get a million-dollar payout. Now, the ones that are in the standings now uh, for the women's light weight division, which is up to 155, the number one spot is Sarah Kaufman. I don't know if you remember her from the UFC. And then you got the Olympian, Carly, Car- Kayla Harrison. Sorry, Kayla Harrison. She's awesome. She's in second place. So that should be pretty interesting. But Sarah's got a lot of experience. Kayla's got awesome judo. And she mixes it up pretty well with her stand-up. So I'm kind of leaning towards her with the whole thing. But we'll see. And in the other rankings, they got or for the 145 division, the top two people right now. Actually, they don't have any rankings for that. Sorry. The only other divisions they got ranking so far in this season would be the welterweight division, and, uh, the 170-pound division. Um, the top two guys, Sabdu, Sai, and Gladigil Franca. Those are the number one and number two guys. And then you have two Americans, Ray Cooper third, and Kurt, Chris Curtis. Those are number four and number five, respectively. Um, the number one spot said said Ibu Sai has uh, six points, and Glacio Frank has got six. Ray Cooper's got five, and Chris Curtis has got number four. They don't have anybody ranked for the two or five division. I guess they didn't have any fights yet. Like I said, the season just started. So, following it because I kind of like the tournament format. Um, and I want to reflect back on this past weekend's fight um, with Kevin Lee and Rafael Dos Anjos. I mean, I see this often, like, you know, particular fighter fights, and all these people were like, in the beginning, they were, yeah, he's the greatest, or they were supporting him, and then when the guy loses, they, they, you know, badmouth him all over social media. And a lot of the guys are saying, oh, he's like, he fights like shit. I've seen a lot of Facebook posts. And what pisses me off is that a lot of these people doing these posts probably never even fought a day in their life. You know, I could probably stick him in a room with one, one of the top white belts from my school and probably like wipe the floor with him. Gotta give the guy credit. Personally, I don't know him. I don't, I don't like him or dislike him. Um, there's a lot of fighters out there that I don't like. I don't think they're good for the sport, but you gotta admire their skill set. Like John Jones is one of them. I don't like him personally, but I think you know he's he's athletic. He's beyond natural athletic. I mean, his skills are beyond. You know, his athleticism is just rivals. None can compare to him. But, you know, I don't like him. But a lot of people, you know, you shouldn't shit can a guy if he loses a fight. The guy went four rounds with a former world champion. Um, that's just my opinion on it. If you don't like the guy, you don't like the guy. You know, a lot of people trash talked around to Rousey after she lost. Um, 
you still got to get props to these people for getting in the ring. Not everybody can get in the ring. So, so for all you couch potatoes out there, let's see you get out on the ring and fight. You know? You know, same thing with other sports. They talk about football players, you know, how they mess up, how they could how they mess up a pass. Half the people watching the sport don't even play football. They haven't played football before, or even college or high school football. Anyway, that's my take on it. Um, again, next UFC fight I think is not until uh, June. Um, let's see who's on that card. The next fight card is. Let me see. Still having trouble pulling it up. Next fight card. Sorry, guys, for the delay. Was having trouble pulling it up. Next UFC, yes, it's Gustafins versus Smith. Wow, Anthony Smith, he just fought not too long ago, and he's uh getting right in back in the ring. Hats off to him. Um, they're the main card, Alexander Gustafson and Anthony Smith, who recently fought John Jones. By the way, uh, let me take a look at the rest of the card. I'm not too familiar with the rest of the card. Um, it's just a regular fight on ESPN Plus. Let me take a look at the prelim card. Uh, a lot of that one person. These must be all new guys. I don't know what you guys, but I'm hearing a lot of people kind of complain that the matchups haven't been that good since they switched over to ESPN. I'm kind of feeling the same way. I actually think the cards together by the matchmakers at the UFC were a lot better when they were on Fox Sports. Um, and I don't know about it. Is anybody out there, if they want to leave a message, get back to me. Uh, I've been missing a lot of the Bellator fights because they're on Dancing Network, so I'm looking to get it. Um, I missed the last, uh, the last one, so I really can't comment on too much. But... Uh, I'm actually thinking to get it because I actually miss watching uh, Pitbull knock Patricio Pitbull uh, fight. I know he just won his last fight against Michael Chandler. Oh, and uh, whatchamacallit, one guy from um, Bellator that I thought was an amazing fighter is Michael Page. I don't know if you guys ever seen this guy fight before. If you don't follow Bellator, I think you guys should follow it. I would love to see how this guy does in the UFC. Anyway, Michael Page has, hasn't lost until the last Bellator cage. I mean, to the last Bellator fight. He just lost against Douglas Lima, who's a former world champion. And what I like, I sorted the clip on YouTube, because like I said, I don't have that dancing description to get it. He actually did a sweep Swept the guy, which is you, know, you barely, rarely see it, and then he followed it up with an uppercut. And uh, you know, I think sweeps are should be used more often. Everybody, you know, you don't always have to go for double leg sweeps are pretty good. And he just like KO'd the guy. And then Pat Curran lost 
on that one. That's a former world champion too um, in the Bellator circuit. Um, next Bellator is coming up. I think is in the middle of June. Let me check that one out. Next Bellator is in on June fourteenth. You got Chow Sun versus Hilda <laughs> Machida. Wow, former UFC champion. That should be interesting. Then you got Rory McDonald fighting Naeem uh, Gracie. Naeem Gracie, I'm probably butchering his name. Who's nine and L, by the way. I don't know if you guys seen him, but um, he's related to Henzo Gracie. I think it's his nephew. I'm not too sure. Don't quote me on that. And he may actually... He may give uh, Rory McDonald a hard time. Um, and then you got Dylan Dennis. I don't know why they got him on the, on, the, on the record here as having no wins. He did win his last fight. He won his debut in Bellator. I think it was by heel hook or toehold. I don't remember specifically. He's on the card. Um, should, that should be pretty interesting. Um, not too much else going on in the news. Uh, we'll be back after this break. Hi, right, guys, we're back to the show. Are you guys interested in making money? Well, keep listening to the podcast. I'll make a special announcement on how you, the listener, can make money by listening to my podcast as well as other podcasts. Stay tuned. All right, guys, we're back on the show. And today we got a special guest, a Dr. Darian Parkner, a fitness and wellness entrepreneur who has been in the fitness and wellness business for over 18 years as a fitness executive and a personal trainer. How are you doing today, Doctor? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having me on your show. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on here with you. Oh, it's a, great, it's a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, how's the weather over where you are? Weather's very good. Beautiful. Um, I always like this time of year just because it's, I guess, depending on where you live. You know, I'm here in Blaine, Washington, right on the border of Canada, and uh, it's just a big mystery conception that it rains all the time here but it's it's like 65 to 70 degrees for four months straight here on out very little rain like literally i can count you know four or five times the entire summer it will rain and uh it'll just be sunshine and really beautiful and and the ocean and islands and glaciers it's, it's pretty amazing so oh that's great over here we actually get a nice sunny day here in jersey it's wonderful yeah it's wonderful and my allergies are kicking in, but other than that, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like I have the same thing. I started getting a little stuffy and stuff the other day. I was like, oh, I hope this is not allergies or hopefully not a cold either. You know, so. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. So for the uh, listeners, can you give a brief overview of your background? Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things I really enjoy is just connecting with people. And so it's a good opportunity just to share, you know, each other's. Uh, lives, what we're doing. But for me, you know, it's, it's always started in my childhood, you know, in a very active family. with parents who uh, were very active and always played with me and encouraged me to be in sports. And so it was always in 
different activities, football, baseball, basketball. But then as I got to high school, I tried track and field, and that became what I was most successful at, and it was what I got a scholarship to college for at James Madison University in Harrisonburg, Virginia. And I really loved it. It was a very difficult four years of of uh, activity and co- uh, competition, but I felt like it really molded me. It helped me. It gave me this hardness in terms of this grittiness and toughness. Um, and I think, you know, that, that has served me well in my life since then. But throughout that time in college, I was studying kinesiology, and I just loved the way the human body works and how we could, you know, exercise and create these chronic changes to our bodies that would enable us to become fitter and and be able to do more things in our lives. And I just like that. So I wanted that to be my profession. And I always remember what my dad said, which is, hey, make your hobby your job, and you'll always feel like you're enjoying what you're doing. So I got my bachelor's degree from James Madison and kinesiology, stayed there, got my master's in kinesiology, and then eventually went to the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, and did my doctorate in sports education leadership. Uh, with an emphasis in behavior modification and sports and exercise settings. And then after that, during that time, after I completed all that, I was kind of, uh, I didn't really start working until I was in my late 20s um, in terms of a more formal thing. I had always been a trainer since I was like 23, I'm um, 41 now, and it was just always something I enjoyed doing, training, so I always kept that kind of in the background for me. But there's, of course, that time I was teaching a little bit, and the university system decided to move into the vocational system for certifying trainers through the National Strength and Conditioning Association. And then eventually I got with WTS International, which is a big spa in fitness and recreation consulting and management company very worldwide, and it was a wonderful experience. And then eventually, I, after 11 and a half years of that, broke off from that and decided to... Um, co-open a spa and fitness and recreation consulting and management companies, similar to what I did previously, but a much more boutique, smaller version, uh, regional, just West Coast-based companies to really focus on being able to serve clients effectively, be close to them, and help to create jobs for people. I'm very passionate about helping people find jobs. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. There's other things, but that's kind of the most direct path about what I've been doing. Ah, sounds like you got a lot going on. Yes, sir. Always <laughs> something going on, for sure. But I also like to relax, too. and I don't want to be someone who's always doing something and never enjoys the journey and what's happening, so I like to do that as well. Yeah, you got to take uh, one day at a time, right? Oh, my gosh. That's life, right? Yeah. And you get, you only get one shot at it, so you might as well uh, enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, we don't have, we don't, and not everybody's promised the same amount of time on the planet, so, you know, got to make sure you enjoy it as well. Exactly, exactly. Now, I have a, a few questions here based on your experience yeah. that I'd like you to answer. Um, in the past few years, we've seen a big rise in the popularity of MMA, which has also coincided with the rise of health and wellness in general. What trends are you seeing in the health and wellness industry that are relevant to the world of MMA? I think one of the biggest ones, whether it's MMA or your recreational um, exerciser, is recovery. And I think, you know, I attend uh, a conference every year called URSA. It's a big fitness conference. And I would think throughout the years, you know, you see a lot of equipment, um, 
being uh, put out there on the showroom floor, and it's, you know, you're kind of your typical gym equipment. And over the years, we've seen that at the show, that's becoming more recovery-based equipment. And you have companies like a Hyperice who are gigantic and are really being pushed by professional athletes themselves and say, hey, we need better options for recovery. And, uh, and these are different modalities, I think, they're helping athletes. Now, the research behind these things are, is not necessarily clear that it's actually doing what it says it is, but there's also a placebo effect that, you know, if a person believes it's helping them, then, you know, it's helping them uh, for that. But I think there's some really good things with foam rollers, uh, hyperspheres, vibration technology with that's really good. Um, and then I, I really think, you know, the biggest thing, which is so funny, I think, has been giving – it's starting to get a lot of attention. And uh, Matthew Walker out of the UK, uh, Dr. Walker, is real, he has written a book, Why We Sleep is Amazing, and talks about the importance of sleep. And while we all know sleep's important, we're understanding through research how critical it is, that it is actually the foundation that nutrition and exercise is sitting on, not the other way around. So it, it, it's probably the easiest way, you know, legal performance-enhancing drug uh, is sleep, and it's something that all human beings do, but we're drastically underslept, and the statistics for that are in incredible. We're sleeping so much less than we used to, but it's one of the easiest ways to create recovery, uh, and whether it's MMA or any other sport. Mm, I tend to agree. I think yeah. sleep's very important. I know I love sleeping. <laughs> unfortunately with um with my uh busy schedule i don't get enough sleep but i honestly yeah, I think, think that sleep is definitely a very important factor for recovery now what's your <laughs> now what's your take on like the the ice mechanisms that they use in that cryotherapy chambers do you believe yeah. in that or i think um again i think it's more of like does the exercise or athlete, if an MMA athlete believes it's going to help them, then it is helping them. There, again, there's, these are such new things, there's not a lot of research on it, but the research is building, and what I have seen out there is that it's just mixed results. It's not necessarily uh, saying one way or another. It's the same thing with foam rolling. You know, I know I have uh, colleagues in the past who have like, fought over the effectiveness of foam rolling, but you know, there's been a ton of, there's been a you know, meta-analysis of studies, and it's just doesn't say one way or another that it's good, so I think, or it's bad, so I think crowd therapy is similar. Um, I think it's, it's interesting. Some of the recovery stuff is gimmicky. I'm not saying it's gimmicky, but it's, mm. it feels like it on some on some level, um, and, and that's fitness, so there's so many different things that are coming out constantly over the years. One thing that I've seen lately that I think probably has a really great mind-body element is the uh, like slope therapy i don't know if you're familiar with that but it's like basically you're in a tank and you're dark and essentially like you're you're destimulated from all of the distractions of the world mm, what's and it called again tank, essentially what's it called again and it's like it's uh float therapy and so it's basically a deprivation tank you're in and so you're okay. floating in water and the the, the concept behind it is that you're, you're, you're so relaxed, you're floating in this kind of cocoon of water, and you have no stimuli, no phone, no TV, no nobody talking to you. You get to be one with yourself, and you get to relax. And 
I mean, I've heard of it. I've never partaken it, but right. I, I, I can see some benefits. You know, you're taking time just to relax and not think about anything. You know, nothing stressful in life, just zoning out. Kind of like meditation, so to speak. Yes, yes. And so that's a good segue. The meditation is another great recovery tool that, you know, athletes are getting more and more into meditation and to how to turn things off. You know, I think, you know, whether it's fighters, any professional athletes, uh, basketball players, football players, there's, and, and just your general population, we are being inundated with so much information through the Internet, social media, our busy lives, that we don't take time to just decompress. And I think that decompression really is important for us to be at our optimal in terms of our mental acuity, our alertness, our ability to be present with other people. Hmm. I agree, I agree. Now, going back to foam rollers, yeah. what's your take on that? Do you think they help or they don't help? I think, this is going to sound like I'm trying to get a way out of this, but I think that they help the people that they think it helps. Uh, like, if an athlete is going into a fight and they're like, man, I really need to foam roll, I feel like it prepares me. Uh, mentally and physically to train regularly in my camp, this eight-week camp or whatever, mm. then it works for them. I feel it works for them. Yeah. Now, for me, I foam roll. I have done it for a long time, and I don't really feel like it helps me a lot. I feel mm. like, for me, doing more dynamic functional movement, more dynamic warm-up, where I'm really moving quite a bit and getting very warm, uh, uh, you know, the foam roller is a more passive warm-up, but also passive warm-up is like sitting in a sauna or steam room. Um, mm. It just depends. Uh, or, or like now there's the vibration foam rollers where oh, you're foam rolling that. and then there's the vibration inside of the foam roller. So you're getting that vibration technology kind of warming up the muscles, getting prepared. <laughs> I think if you feel like that works for you, then I'm not going to say it doesn't work for you. Mm. But the research does not say that it works for you or it doesn't work for you. This mixed results. Mm. So I'm not going to support it research-wise or down it. I'm going to say, how does that make you feel when you do it? And if you think it's good, then keep doing it. As long as it doesn't hurt your performance, you should do it then. Ah, uh -huh. you took a good political stance on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I did that. <laughs> yeah, the reason I asked for that is because I have, like, a lot of scar tissue in my legs. And I've yeah. been, I used um, foam rollers for a while. And I've also mm -hmm. done the deep tissue massages, which I think, mm -hmm. I think the deep tissue massages work more, but they're just extremely painful. Very painful. They're very painful. And there's still a lot of athletes that do that. I think, you know, in my business where, you know, I work in the spa world, massage is still important, but uh, I think we're getting away from kind of your pampering massage, relaxation. Mm -hmm. It's more of a functional massage, yep. I tell you one of the greatest recovery tools for me or preparatory uh, uh, tools to get ready is uh, fascial stretch therapy, which is really big on the West Coast. I'm not sure how big it is on the East Coast, but in my previous company, we were using it a lot at my club. People love it. It's more it was like a choreographed assisted stretch, 
Mm. That really is about performance enhancement, getting you ready to go out and to have a great workout or performance, like prepping the body. And I think as we get older, that preparatory aspect for getting ready to exercise or to perform in an athletic event becomes even more critical as your body changes. Hmm. I got to look into that one. Got another really good. Qu- it's, it's awesome. <laughs> got another question for you. Yeah. What was your motivation for starting a spa, fitness, and lifestyle consulting and management company? I think for me, the biggest thing was um, I wanted to control the narrative of how I worked with people. Um, I, I, I never, it never bothered me to work for other people. I think it's good. I think even though I'm an entrepreneur, I, you know, sometimes entrepreneurs say, oh, I never worked for anybody my whole life. I never wanted to do that. And, uh, and I say, hey, that's your opinion for me. I think it's good to work for somebody and understand that portion of it. And then I also think it's good to have your own thing, to understand both sides of it, what it's like to being an employee and what it's like to hire employees. And I had done a lot of the being an employee, and I really enjoyed that. And I thought, you know, it's time to get into something that I think I have a lot of knowledge in and get into it with a partner who also has even more knowledge than me and to just get a small piece of that pie. Uh, our company is not about world domination. We're, we are not trying to be Google, Amazon. We're not trying to take over the world and become everything. We're just trying to be a small cog in a very large machine. And, the, and our, our thing about it is so that we can have quality relationships. I mean, it's very difficult to have quality relationships if you're trying to have 10,000 relationships with somebody, you know. Mm. It's very difficult to do that. Yeah, so we yep. want to be a small company and say, "Hey, let's be small on purpose. Let's turn down things if they don't make sense to us, if they don't aren't in alignment with our philosophy. Even if there's a lot of money on the line, we want to have the integrity to say this doesn't fit who we are, doesn't keep us in our region and keep us smaller and more uh, personal. And that we wanted to have the narrative with that because sometimes when you're working for a different person, it's their company." They have the narrative. They want to grow. They want to make a lot of money. They want to keep pushing, want to keep pushing. I like to work. I like to push, but I also like to hang out, relax. Mm. At some point, if, you can, if you're doing too much, you're going to throw away the hang out, relax part. And I want to be a good father. I want to be around my daughter. I want to be a good husband. I want to be around my wife. And if I do, if I'm constantly trying to conquer, 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 I'm going to be slipping in those areas and you know, I can't get the time back with my wife and my daughter. So I can work other jobs, but I can't get time back with my family. And I want to be diligent about that. Mm, that's true, right? The kids are only yeah. small once. <laughs> They're small. You know, my daughter's seven, and she's so precious. And I see her changing. And, you know, 10, 11 years, she's going to be out the door. And you think that's a long time, but it's really not. No, it's and not. I thought I was 29 the other day, I felt like. I'm 41 now. <laughs> yep, yep, I hear you. Time flies. Right? <laughs> exactly. Now, got another question for you. Yes, sir. With the increasing growth of technology, how has that helped you with your business? Do you do any type of online training or anything like that? Or Yes, yes, definitely. So, besides my consulting and management company, uh, as I mentioned before, I've been a personal trainer the entire time I've been in the fitness business. And actually, when I moved to uh, moved from Las Vegas to Washington, I had been experimenting on a real-time or 
population of clients uh, in Las Vegas, and so they traveled a lot. And, so, you know, they're traveling for two, three months at a pop, kind of like we're starting over every time they come back. And so I said, you know, there's amazing technology out there through Skype, Zoom, WhatsApp, you know, these variety of audiovisual apps that you can actually train people in real time or having a conversation just like you and I are having a conversation right now just with the yeah. video component to it as well. So I would test it out with my clients when they would go on vacation. They'd be in Malaysia, or be in Hawaii. I'd be opening a club somewhere else in the world, and we'd do it, and they loved it. They really enjoyed the intimacy of that type of service. So when I moved, I said, hey, I would like to continue working with, you know, most of my clients, and I would say 90% of them said, yeah, let's move to this service, and they love it. And then over the course of time with that as well, they started referring me uh, people to the service because they were having such a good experience with it. So they were able to refer people, not just where they live, but friends they had all over the world and the country. It opened up the possibility for me to work with people literally anywhere on the planet. And so in real time, we're having the conversations. I'm taking them through their, their dynamic progressions. We're having fun conversations. So that has been a very successful, surprisingly successful business for me in conjunction with my consulting and management company, but we definitely plan on using that with the consulting and management company with our clients who are looking for a differential advantage uh, in their private clubs, corporate business facilities, hotels, uh, because that, that platform is becoming huge, the digital fitness platform through companies like Peloton, Technogym's getting into it, the live streaming element is becoming uh, gigantic. And so I, I wanted to be an early adopter of it and so it has done wonders for me in my training business, and we will be transferring that to my consulting management business as well. Ah, that sounds pretty uh, smart of you to get into it ahead of the game, you know, because then you can yeah. deal with people with whatever they want on their schedule. You know, you get the business, the busy executive who's busy running around, he can't get over to your gym, and he's stuck in a hotel room. He can yeah. just load up his laptop or tablet and do a quick session with you. I think that's very smart. <laughs> well, you know the thing, uh, Mark, is that, you know, I've recognized that people, like you said, the busy executives, they're so incredibly, um, they're travelers. You know, they're always traveling. They're in between meetings all the time. And you know, they, you know, a lot of these guys and, and men and women, they have trainers maybe at home or they work really hard and they want to get their work out in and make them feel good going into their meetings. So when they go on to the road, they basically level down to whatever is available in their hotel or where the area. And so this allows people to travel and to bring their trainer with them, and, that, and just like the trainer is there with them. Because, you know, I incorporate a, a tripod system. They have one. You know, we hook our phones into it. We have the Apple AirPods or whatever wireless system they have. So when I'm sending them wherever they're at, I encourage my clients to be literally wherever they want to be. They want to be on the beach want to be in the mountains as long as there's good Wi-Fi. They want to be at a park, wherever it is. I want to be the same way. As long as we have a good connection, I will adjust to whatever environment they're in. And I would say the other population is parents who are stay-at-home parents. It's huge for that population because they're, they're having to, no longer do they have to go to gym and pay for child care. They can be at home, and we can do their sessions. And it's just 30 minutes, and they don't have to worry about, you know, oh, man, uh, I had to have somebody really watch my... Their child can be there. Their dog can be walking around. 
on the screen while we're doing the session. It, it, be, it becomes a very freeing opportunity uh, for them. So I've really enjoyed it because I love training people while I'm on the beach with a tripod or I'm outside in my backyard. It's wonderful. Hmm. That's very smart of you to uh, use technology in that way. Yeah. Thanks. I got it. My hat's it's off to you. Home. It's all remote now for me. You know? <laughs> My hat's off to you. Thanks. Uh, Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I got another question for you. Yeah. What role do you see behavioral health and interventions playing in both the MMA world and recreational health and wellness activities? Well, I think we're starting to see people come online a little bit more about uh, the importance of mental health and uh, mental strategies for sports performance. I think, you know, when I was in college all those years ago, sports psychology and, you know, teams working with a sports psychologist was very new. And you had some teams doing it, and I think it's more widespread and prevalent uh, now. But I think, you know, behavioral interventions, people are coming around to the idea that people need help. And... I think we have this idea, like, if you see somebody going to the octagon or whatever, man, this guy is a really tough guy, and they are. They're extremely tough guys. Anytime you get two human beings who are willing to do that, being closed in an octagon and going to battle with each other, those are tough guys. But they're also human beings. They're tough guys, tough women. They're, they're human beings, and how their mental makeup is is very different between person to person. So I think while the physical aspect of training is incredibly important, the mental aspect of it is also incredibly important. I'm sure you've seen, like, when fighters, when they don't have their confidence, no matter how skilled they are, they just go down. You know, if you lose confidence in anything you're doing, doesn't matter how talented you are, you just break down and you're not able to perform at your peak level. So I think the, the behavior element of it is understanding, hey, what am I doing in my life? How am I being at my optimal, optimal level mentally? so that I can perform um, both physically and mentally, whether it's in the octagon, whether it's on a basketball court, or whether it's your, you know, your avid exerciser. And I always tell people this in the kind of your general population exerciser. I'm like, you're, you're also part of a preparatory thing. A, you know, a fighter has to prep a long time to go in there and fight for all those rounds. You may not be a fighter, but your exercise program is fighting for you. And you have to get prepared to go into your workout. You don't just show up to a gym and start doing stuff. I mean, that happens a lot with people. But there's, to me, there should be a, a good preparatory phase before you start your workout. You get your, you know, back in the day, we used to call it get your mind right before we would run in our track practices. And that, that was kind of a very crude way of looking at it. But it was like, hey, what are the steps that you're taking behaviorally so that when you, you, you step on, you know, the track, you go, you step on, you know, into the octagon or you go into that gym, are you mentally prepared to actually perform well? Are you going to have a great workout? Great workouts are not one in the moment. They're one before you start working out. It's all about leading up to that. So I think behavioral health, behavioral interventions are really important. So there's things such as, you know, self-talk, visualization, things of that nature. And like we discussed, meditation has become pretty important for people to become more effective in their performance, recreationally and in sports. Hmm. Those are some good views there, you know? Thank you. Come prepared to work out, just not go through the motions, put your heart into it, and make sure you work out hard. I think that's what you're trying to say. 
You know, yeah, you know, just don't show up to the gym and be lackadaisical about it. You got to put your mind to it. You got to put your mind. I think people think of exercise as such a physical thing, and it is. That they, you know, they go to, you know, after this, I'm going to go train one of my clients, and I work out with them when I when I train online. It's, it's an interesting way we do it. It's kind of a face off online, but I don't just walk in there. Maybe this is my athletic days, but. I don't just walk in the gym and, like, you know, two minutes before we're starting and go, okay, let's just go. Like, there's a lead-up to it. There's a good half an hour of mental preparation. Okay, how is my body feeling? How do I want to prepare myself? Mentally, where am I at? Am I focused on other things that are not going to help me with my workout today? I need to get my mind in a state where I can perform optimally. So do I need to be in a quiet space for half an hour ahead of time? Do I need to have some affirmation-based things that I tell myself, you're going to be strong today, you're going to destroy this workout, you're going to conquer it, and you're going to feel good about it. And the pain is temporary. Whatever that is for you, I think you have to maximize that. And I think too too much, I mean, athletes, I think, are definitely more tied into that. But your recreational exercisers often never tap into that mentality. And that's probably often because a lot of them have not been athletes at a high level, so they're maybe not used to that preparatory element of performing. And even when you exercise, your general exerciser, it's a performance to me, and it requires preparation. Mm. Those are some good points. I think you made some Thank very you. good points here. And I think that's pretty much it, but I got some, I think if my, if, what would you do if my listeners wanted to get in touch with you? How would they get in touch with you and get more information on you? Did it just go yeah, to your website, right. or do you have a well, Facebook yeah, page? Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, the best way is to, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, that's my main source in terms of uh, social media, uh, in terms of my training stuff. So um, I'm on there, Darian Parker. You just search for me. You will find me. I'm on there uh, pretty regularly. I love to network and meet with people. Uh, or they can email me at darianparker at gmail.com, so D-A-R-I-A-N. P-A-R-K-E-R at gmail.com. I'm very, very into getting back to people in a timely manner. I'm, it's a really big thing for me. I don't like where we're going, where people don't get back to each other, kind of ghost each other. I'm very old school. Like I like punctuality. I get back to this. If you contact me, I will get back to you extremely quickly uh, for that if they want to learn more about what I'm doing and uh, just connect. The other thing is um, my spa and... My spa fitness uh, uh, recreation consulting company is elmadventures.com is our website. just says a little bit about what we do, the type of people that we are, and I think that's the main thing is that what comes across is we're just trying to be good dudes to help people and enjoy our lives. Uh, so those are the main ways to get in contact with me. Well, that's good, to, that's good to know. And to the listeners out there, if you have any questions, you can also use the Anchor app to leave a message on the show here, and I can always reach out to Darian and then he get back to you with any questions you have. Um, I think that's it. I appreciate having you on the show and uh, we'll be back after the short break. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audio book with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to www.audibletrial.com slash MMA show and browse the unmasked selection of audio programs. Download a trial for free and start listening. It's that easy. 
go to audible.com slash MMA show. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original shows, news, comedy, and more from leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And if you need a book suggestion, I have two. One is called I Am a Survivor by Christina Ritorto, and the other one is written by me, Mark Ritorto, called The Cabal. The saga begins. guys we're back and now is the time for you guys to learn how to make money now you can easily make money by listening to this podcast by downloading an app called podcoin you either your android phone or your tablet or your iphone or your tablet and it's fairly simple for each podcast that you listen to you earn points, and then you can redeem those points for either Amazon or Starbucks, or you can even donate it to charity. Now, by listening to my podcast and using this special promo code called MMA Show, that's the promo code MMA Show, you will get 300 pod coins just for signing up and using my code. Again, it's MMA Show, and the app is called Podcoin. You can get it from, if you have an Android um, device, you can go to the Google Play Store. If you have an Apple device, you go to the uh, Apple Store. All right, guys, we'll be back. All right, guys, we are back to show, back to the show, and now you'll be rewarded for your patience. Like I said before, if you listen to each podcast every week, you can win prizes. Every week, the prize will be different, but you have to listen to the end of the podcast to find out how to win the prize and get entered into the drawing for the grand prize. In order to win this week's prize, you will have to be the 100th caller to leave us a message using the Anchor app. You can get the app from the Google Store or the Apple Store. This week we'll be giving away a t-shirt with our logo on it. We also appreciate it if you email us by clicking on the email button on our Mark the Shark MMA Show Facebook page. By emailing us, you will automatically be entered to win a secret grand prize we will be doing at the end of August. Again, remember that each week the prize will be different and you have to listen to the end of the podcast episode to find out what the prize is. Alright guys, we'll be right back. All right, guys, we're back to the show. I just wanted to make another quick announcement. That next week or the week after, my daughter and I will be interviewed on a podcast called A Little Bit of Everything With Me. We'll be talking about a books that we have published on both Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and, our new, and my daughter's new audio book. So be on the lookout for that. guys we are back now it's the end of our show please leave feedback by using the anchor app to leave us messages next week we'll review what happened in the Cerrone and Iaquinta fight and look at the next UFC event and see if we can pick out the winners I hope you enjoyed the show this is Mark Retorto signing off